This is the Reluctant Leader Podcast, the podcast designed to help you if you've landed a leadership role through no fault of your own and now need to find out what you should be doing. I'm your host, Mark Terrell, and have been there and know what it feels like and made all the mistakes. In each episode, I'll be getting to grips with a leadership topic by interviewing an expert in their field. You'll find out why they do what they do and take away some top tips you can use to become a more confident leader. For more content and to keep in touch with how the project is developing, go to www.thereluctantleader.co.uk. If you have any comments about the episode, you'll find me on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter. So let's crack on with the show. Today I'm talking to Johnny Cooper. Johnny is a British entrepreneur, piano player, international racing driver and business coach. Johnny grew his own business to eight figures, then exited and founded johnnyhatesmarketing.com, helping coaches, trainers, and therapists find more of their ideal clients more easily. He is also the voice behind the legendary Johnny Hates Marketing Facebook group and swears that he really, really does hate marketing. Hope you enjoy this chat we had about tribes and I'll catch you all on the other side. So, Johnny, welcome to the Reluctant Leader podcast. Yes, yeah, great to be here, Mark. Yes, well, I was talking on your uh, um, in your group on the Facebook uh, a while back, and we came up with this concept about tribes. And I think, well, I think it's going to be fascinating uh, for me and you, and hopefully for the listeners, to talk about the importance of tribes. But before we get stuck into that, uh, the, the question I always ask my guests is, why do you do what you do? And what was the pivotal moment that took you down this path? Uh, yeah, that's a really great question. And um, I do this because I'm on a mission to uh, improve the wealth and health of the coaching community. And I do remember a pivotal moment, actually, when I was flailing around in, I'm going to say, late 2016, early 2017, um, to define a niche for the uh, next part of my career, the next part of my life. Um, I spent quite a few years uh, kind of in the coaching wilderness. Um, I don't even know if I was a coach. I was probably a business consultant. I'd just taken a rag bag of clients and you know, doing anything that that people asked me to do. Uh, and I, I, I realized that I needed to niche. I needed to find you know my tribe. And, and sort of build a client avatar. And I came across a survey, I think it was McKinsey or uh, one of these big global accountancy firms, um, that, that they worked out from a global study that the average coaching income around the world was pitiful. You know, it was like £23,000 or dollars or something. Um, and, and the more I, more I discovered some of the brilliant sort of coaches and therapists, you know, the kind of people who in, inhabit the Johnny X marketing community now, uh, I realized that, that that's a terrible waste, you know, of skills uh, and experience and knowledge and wisdom and all the rest of it. Uh, and it's just simply this, that most coaches and therapists haven't cracked the code of client attraction. You know, they just haven't got enough people to work with. You know, they're invisible. Uh, effectively so I thought well that'd be a reasonable quest wouldn't it for the next part of my life at least uh, to see if I can you know inject some client attraction wisdom if that's the right expression <laughs> first time I've used that 
uh, into the coaching community, you know, and just just show coaches and therapists that it isn't as hard as all that to actually build a tribe and, you know, find more of your ideal clients. So, you know, reading that survey, I guess, I, I, I think back to that as a pivotal moment. And uh, it set me on the path that I'm on now where I work exclusively, you know, with coaches and therapists to help them find more of their ideal clients more easily. Mm. That, and that, that's a great story in that um, I think you're absolutely right. And then there's lots of people that want to do good, but um, we all need to be, um, uh, we, we need to find our tribe basically. Uh, and, and that's, that, and that's, that's the important thing. Who is it that we can help? Um, yeah. and, and, and who do you want to help along their, on their journey? Um, and if we can find those people, obviously it makes us feel good. And obviously we make a big difference to those people. Yeah. Um, and, and before, obviously before, you are going to help a lot of people and I want to do that. Um, so, but the first thing to do, I suppose, to think about is, um, your tribe and, and how you find your tribe <laughs> and how do you go about doing that? Um, I, I have a very organic process. Um, I've kind of railed against paid advertising having seen uh, a number of sort of train wreck disaster stories from people who've pumped money into into ads and not not got anywhere i accept there, there is a role for that um primarily with facebook these days i guess but my, my organic funnel uh, is really a sort of conversation based process where having built a, a bit of a tribe in my facebook group uh, and on LinkedIn, it's relatively easy now to to identify people who look like the next ideal client. And with a high ticket program like I've got, it's it's worth just tapping them on the shoulder and saying, "Hey, you know, I feel your pain. I've seen your comment. I've seen your post. You know, let's jump on a call see if we can share some insights." So it's a very kind of organic conversation based process, which works when you have a high ticket program. You know, when you have value. Um, costs in, in dollars and even sort of three thousand to ten thousand um, dollars. It's it's worth spending time just kind of nurturing relationships. Now the precursor to that is the client avatar work. You know, defining who your ideal client is. You know, working out who they are, who you can help the most, who you'd enjoy working with, who'd enjoy working with you, who better afford to pay you. You know, all that, all that good stuff. Um, and once you've got that, it is relatively easy to find them. I mean, I don't know why people struggle so much with social media because, you know, social media is filled with signals and cues that will guide you uh, to people who are the people you want to work with. Um, I, I've trained Facebook now, I've <laughs> trained the algorithm so that, you know, people you may be interested in, which you get fed every morning, don't you, in your newsfeed, they're all coaches and therapists. They're all people who define themselves using the word coach or therapist or author or speaker, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so this stuff isn't isn't hard once you get a little bit of momentum. You know, they just show up all around you. And it's the same on LinkedIn. You know, you, you get the um, you get that block in the middle of your homepage, in the middle of your network page, I think it is on LinkedIn, which is kind of a grid, isn't it, of people's profile thumbnails. And, you know, they're all coaches and therapists in, in my LinkedIn profile because I've, I've shown LinkedIn that they're the people I want to connect to. So they're connecting with me organically because they can find me from the keywords in my profile. 
and uh, you know my team's connecting with like 50 I think we sent out 50 connection requests a day on LinkedIn so my network is growing exponentially but only with the people that I want to be connected with and I think you know that this is the number one lesson isn't it for you guys who are coaches and therapists out there you know numbers are irrelevant of themselves you need numbers of the people that you actually want to help that you've defined as as members of your tribe and mark i'll just go and say again you know using those two platforms that i've given those examples using facebook and linkedin you can build a business about any scale and size you want as long as you you surround yourself with the right people you attract the people that that you want to help most yeah, yeah. So you've mentioned um, technology already, uh, and um, I've been reading or rereading Seth Godin's Tribes book, and he talks a lot about the actual um, the technology that we have available to us doesn't is is there to be used to to find our tribes, and and you've already um, alluded to that fact that you can, if you put the right signals out, then th- those people will come t- to us. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and. It, uh, and it's an interesting thing. I think we all get a bit sort of um, think, well, we just deliver something. But I, I was looking at what you do and how you market yourself. Uh, and, and you you talk about, well, Johnny hates marketing, uh, although that's what you pretty much teach, which is similar to what I talk about when I talk about, you know, the reluctant leader. I'm talking about people that, you know, don't want to do something that I want to teach them to do. So it's sort of a similar <laughs> yeah. scenario there, isn't there? Um, yeah. But it does highlight, doesn't it? It's highlighting what someone's pain is, isn't it? I mean, that's what you're doing and similar to what I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, the the, the pain amongst coaches and therapists isn't necessarily that they want to become a better coach. Um, a lot of them are brilliant coaches already and, you know, that'll get better, won't it, with, with, with experience and we're working with more clients. Um, the thing that pains them is that they haven't got enough clients to talk to. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, the, the Johnny Ace marketing brand resonates in the sector because pretty much to a man or a woman, they hate marketing. You know, their, their core area of competence, their zone of genius is in, in changing people's lives through their coaching, you know, not, not through sales and marketing necessarily. So, yeah, it, it, is, a, it is a resonant brand and it, it, it came to me uh, it, it was uh, just a moment of serendipity, really. I, I was on a podcast with, with another great podcast host like you. Uh, this is a guy in Canada, and we, we got to the bottom of some really uh, terrible marketing strategies. You know, we were talking about some marketeers who are very spammy and, and salesy and all that kind of thing. And uh, the guy just said to me, you don't really like marketing, do you? I said, no, I, I hate it, really. And he said, spoiler alert, Johnny hates marketing. And I said, whoa, just say that again. That sounds good. And, and I wrote it down and, and, and everything changed, you know, and there's a, there's, there's a brand, there's, there's a book and, and all the rest of it. You know? So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's good fun. And I think, you know, my, my process for me is, is kind of, you know, it, it's, it's my, my benchmark that I, that I teach really. You know, the, the, the process I went through from becoming a general business consultant, you know, being prepared to work with anybody who'd have me on a variety of topics to being niched, working with coaches and purpose, helping find my other ideal clients. You know, it's made night and day difference. It's, it's, I'm, I'm heading for, for 10x the revenue that I was creating for myself in 2015. 
Mm. And that's the difference it makes, isn't it, when you understand your tribe? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think as to, and pull away just about from just just marketing and what we do and, and all that sort of stuff. We talk about leadership in in general as to how we are all leading a tribe of sorts, whether we've we've chosen to to lead that tribe or whether we've been given mm. a tribe to lead, uh, and that's the that's the the difference. If you've been given a tribe, then obviously you've got to convert them in some way. But if you've got the people that you've attracted in a leadership position, then your your um, your job is going to be so much easier, isn't it? Yeah, I, you know, I, you, you've got a you've got a choice, haven't you, of, of, of passive or, or, or active leading? Like you say, I mean, everything you post in some way leads somebody who's read it to to do something, or to think something, or to feel something. So mm. you're leading anyway. I mean, it's the same it's the same concept with a brand. You know, coaches say to me, you know, I don't have a brand. Well, you do. It's just whether you're managing it or not. <laughs> you know, we, yeah. we, we all show up in a certain way and people are going to make assumptions about who you are and what you do and whether you're of any use to them. So it's just about becoming an effective brand, you know, an effective leader, a useful leader. Somebody who leads someone in a, in a useful direction rather than just uh just not you know yeah i think it's worth at this point just mentioning something i picked out of again the book um seth godin's tribe book and he mm. he picked out what senator Br bill bradley defines a movement as having three elements one is the narrative that tells a story about who we are and the future we're trying to build yeah. number two a connection between and among the leader and the tribe so obviously those two elements are really powerful but then the third one is something to do. The fewer limits, the better. And sadly, unfortunately, the third one is what most people focus on doing. Yeah. Do, 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 you, want just, do you want to just re recite that again, that third one? The third one is something to do. The yeah. fewer limits, the better. So just, just doing something for the sake of it, or, or if we could say just to make some money. Um, yeah. Uh, with fewer limits, the better. So we just do it. Uh, and actually, you know, we, we wake up five years later and, and wonder why we've been doing it for so long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, I, ain't that true? I mean, I, I can look back now on the, on the birth of the Johnny X marketing business in, in, in well, early last year, you know, it, it's, it's not even two years old yet. And just think, crikey. That, that went fast. How's all this happened? How's all this happening? Yeah. Um, but it does, you know, if you put these simple principles in place, you know, the, what I call my three pillars of effortless marketing, specifically for coaches and, and therapists. So, you know, understanding what it is you do and, and defining that um, and being able to explain that clearly. Understanding who it's for, you know, and really kind of niching down as, as much as you, as you can and want to. Um, and, and then wrapping that into some kind of signature offering, you know, a, a, a program, productizing your services rather than just selling your time by the hour. You know, the, the, those those three things just just really move you along. And, you know, since I launched JHM at the start of last year, you know, I've, I've built up a six-figure momentum. I'm going to do seven figures next year from this business just by following those, those three simple principles. Mm. And yes, you know, we, we all love Seth and it, it's, it's a lot about Seth's, um, Seth's basic principles and, and his, his mindset and his, his teachings. Can, mm. can, can I just throw another quote in from Seth, which I, I absolutely love? Yeah. This is his latest book. Um, it's called This Is Marketing. 
and and this is a modern masterpiece as well, you know, to, to sit alongside Tribe and, and Purple County and his other stuff. Um, there's a wonderful quote on the back cover here, which really speaks to Tribes. Uh, I'll, I'll read it out, obviously, but this mm. is an audio podcast. It says, um, people like us do things like this. And what, what, what this speaks to is the idea that if you successfully build a tribe and you position yourself as a personal brand, working with a certain type of person and doing a certain type of thing that, that speaks to their, um, their desires and their challenges, then they're going to look at your stuff and they're going to say that. They're going to say, people like us do things like this. Mm. People like us work with Johnny. People like us work with Mark. Mm. And the, the sooner or more simply you can get your tribe to that conclusion in numbers, the more money you're going to make more quickly, you know, the more impact you're going to have, the more people you're going to attract. Um, so I, I just love the idea of marketing being about corralling, you know, people of a similar mind in a similar situation, similar challenges together and, and speaking to them as a whole, speaking to them mm. um, so that it will feel as if you're speaking to them as an individual. You know, you're speaking directly to them as a person. And isn't it wonderful when you get an email, you know, that's addressed to you with your name on it, you know, hi, Johnny. And, and you read through it and you think, this guy gets me. You know, this guy's talking to me. People yeah. like me work with this guy. People yeah. like me do things like this. Um, and that's just a, such a... Stupidly simple phrase, isn't it? People like us do things like this. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, brilliant. Which leads perfectly onto one of the other things that I was going to um, talk about, and that's the structure of a tribe. Um, and okay. ultimately, um, when you're going to when you're starting a tribe, uh, the first relationship is leader to tribe. But uh, and obviously that develops, doesn't it? From there on, you, once you bring enough people on board. And obviously, I've seen this within your your Facebook community. It's not just about leaders to tribe. It becomes um, member of the tribe to member of the tribe, isn't it? Well, very much so. You know, mm -hmm. Facebook or, or the, the the great uh, the great free gift from heaven, as I call it, <laughs> has has given us this this wonderful opportunity, specifically with with groups. And, you know, there are people still in the muddle about the difference in a page and a group. I mean, Facebook pages, your shop window, effectively, you know, business-like, transactional style. Mm. The group feels more to me like a party. You know, when I launched the JHM group, I felt like I just, I'd just launched a party, you know, just holding a party. And I was inviting guests to it. And like you say, when the guests arrive, surely they meet you as the host. They go, hey, Johnny, great party. But what do you do when you go to a party? You know, you, you, you get a drink and you stand around and you talk to people at the party. You know, you talk to other guests. Uh, you can you can go a whole party without speaking to the the host. You know, you might be in the corner talk, talking to somebody else. But that doesn't matter, does it? That doesn't matter. It's, it's your party. You know, you've launched the party. You've invited the guests there. Everybody knows it's your party. And you can show up once in a while, you know. The other thing you do at a party is you stand on a table every now and again and you go, listen up, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the food's ready. <laughs> food's ready, yeah. Sausage roll on the table. Or I've got an announcement. Yeah, me and Laura have decided <laughs> we're going to break up. You know, we're gonna <laughs> um, but that's what you do, isn't it? And you, and you have fun. I mean, that's the other 
kind of distinguishing feature of a great party. Um, people won't necessarily remember everything you've said and done in a party, but crikey, they remember how it made them feel being part of it. And, you know, that for me is what's important about the group. Sure, I could put content out there, you know, put my best wisdom head on and, and type stuff. I ask questions, I'd be a little bit crazy. I'm sure, you know, if I, if I, took one of the members aside today and said, what was my last post? They'd go, mm -hmm. don't know. But they'll probably remember how they feel about being part of the group, how it makes them feel, how it inspires them, hopefully. That's my aim anyway on a daily basis. They know in a, in a general sense, you know, what they get out of it and why they're there and why they want to stay there and get more out of it, you know. So it, it is very much like that for me, you know, this wonderful tour as they've been given by Facebook. It just feels like I'm throwing a party and all my mates there. We have a good time, you know. Yeah, and, and I, I feel that. And it's not, there's no ever any pressure. It's just you just, um, you know, stimulating some conversation. And you do that really well because you, the questions you come up with are <laughs> really make you think. I think uh, what were the ones you've been doing recently about um, meeting your A-lister and all that sort of stuff? Uh, what A-lister would you like to uh, work with? That's, that's yeah. a really, really interesting question, isn't it? Who, who is that person? Well, th th that's really strategic. Actually. I'm glad you mentioned that because um, I am having a private conversation with someone who is going to become a group member and possibly um, on the expert panel in my inner circle group. So this guy has coached um Beyonce he's coached um Robert De Niro um uh, Schwarzenegger um presidents you haven't told me which president yet but I'm going to be grilling him on that when I talk to him privately um so I'm, I'm going to introduce him to the group because I'm fascinated by this concept that we're held back by a kind of glass ceiling that we impose on ourselves as coaching therapists um, which limits our revenue, limits our impact, our reach, you know, limits the scale of our business um, because we, 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 we're fishing in a pond that's, that's, that's our pond, you know, which is great, you know, you can, <laughs> if, if that's all you ever want to do. But I was just, with that, with that post, uh, I was testing the water in the group as to whether anybody had an appetite for working with A-listers. A lot of people were going, I wish, you know, if only. Before I know how to do it, so I might be actually <laughs> dropping some nuggets in through through my uh, my newfound contact as to how we go about that. But we'll uh, we'll see. It's, it's an interesting. It's something to remind me something actually happened to me quite recently. Someone I met um, and then they contacted me on LinkedIn said that I, um, I met you a while ago and I think you'll be uh, great to work with. I'm, and I'm actually uh, looking for someone at the moment. And yeah. so we jumped on a Zoom call and, and everything was great. And he said, I just need to go go back to the trustees and, and um, say, you know, just check out, make sure that, that the funding's still there, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And then, and then I, I sort of followed him up a couple of weeks later and I said, what's happened? He said, well, I spoke to the trustees and they don't, they think that I should get someone that's actually more from a different area rather than from where you come from. And not, not in geographical, but from, from a background basis. Um, and, I, and I thought that was interesting in that, that firstly he'd found someone that he, he, he thought was something could help him. But when he went to other people, they said, no, we don't think that's the right person. You know, and you think, well, how does that work? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's, all, it's all about your network, isn't it? 
Yes, yeah. yeah. Your network but, is in your network. <laughs> but all my, you know, I've obviously attracted that. Somehow that person has been attracted to me, whichever, for, for whatever reason. But then obviously some other people come in. But the, the, the point is there I'm trying to make is that, you know, we are we are what we are and we are attracted to certain things because of you know what we are and what we've been and where we want to want to be i talk talk a lot about motivation and the three elements of motivation our past is obviously important present is where we are at the moment but probably most importantly where is it we want to go what is our future and what is what's that look like and like you just said most of us underestimate where we can actually get to yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And, you know, everything I do is about building a bridge between where a coach and therapist is today and where they want to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, so defining where they want to get to the first stage of that. But then my my work, my, my signature program is, is the bridge between those two points, you know. Mm-hmm. I've written down here on my notes, <clears throat> fear of standing out. Is that something that you come across a lot with uh, the people that you work with? Um. I think everybody would like to stand out, but in a good way. And I think um, some of the issues I come across are people's interpretation of what standing out might mean. So they don't want to stand out by being controversial. They don't want to stand out by polarizing, by upsetting anybody. But hey, you know, (laughs) when you see all these great leaders and you know, you only got to connect with a few people and see how how they show up in their groups half the world hates them <laughs> there's a couple of people i um I, I hang out with online in the real world one of them and um he actually keeps uh, keeps a folder on facebook of all the hate mail that he's had you know all the people calling him a douche and, and worse you know really kind of you know insulting <laughs> profanities right. um, almost as a badge of honor you know because mm-hmm. When when you realise that you that you're polarising the world, you, you're on your way. You know, you're on your way. If you try and appeal to everyone, you'll appeal to no one. And isn't this just everything about you know what what Seth teaches us and the rest mm. of the guys? You know, nobody's going to say people like us do things like this if you're just dull as ditch water. You know, and you're sitting on the fence. You're not expressing any opinions. Mm. You're not being clear about your beliefs, your values, your mission, and all the rest of it. You know, just say, well, I'm a coach. You might as well just give up at that point if that's the best you've got, you know, because you've, you've got all the work ahead of you. you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think now you've mentioned it, obviously the president of the United States at the moment obviously has his tribe. He's managed to get a tribe that follow him and, yeah. and that is the reason why he is president. Like him or not, I, I think people will be writing about the example that he's he's given um, into perpetuity because he's the most remarkable self-marketer. Mm. He's probably the greatest personal brand the world hasn't ever seen. Mm. Um, because when people game the game, to the extent that nothing he does can deter them from living. Mm. You know, he could literally pull his pants down on live TV and <laughs> slap his dick on the lectern. <laughs> a bit. He, he wouldn't lose anybody from his tribe of adherence you know it's yeah. just remarkable there's never been an example like that a shining example of polarization in, in, in marketing and, yeah. and yet the other half of the world loathe and detest him and nothing will stop them doing that either yeah. so you know guys if, if nothing else you know 
the Donald is is an example of of that done to perfection, isn't it? Yeah, and that's a there's a massive lesson there, isn't it? How we use it and how yeah. we can be clever in our marketing. And you can't, you know, the, the guy at the weekend when he when he walks onto the first time a president walked onto North Korean soil. You yeah. know, that was all stage. We all know that. All stage. So that's going to go down in history. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It, master he, stroke. He, he, will, he will be remembered like the Emperor Nero is remembered. Yeah. Mm. But when you think about, you know, leadership principles, there's lots to this. But when you talk about marketing, and this is the third time, the third time on, the, on this podcast we've got to the marketing sort of um, theme, I suppose you could call it, in different ways. But... Yeah. But it shows how important. I think I think when I started this podcast, if someone says within the first 30 episodes you'll be talking at least three times about marketing, that would not have been on my agenda. But now as time goes by, it is mm. so important because we we have to we have to market ourselves in some way, whether it's to the outside world, but also mm. we have to market ourselves internally to the people that we are leading if we're working with an organization. That's that's so important to get the message out. What are we about? What am I about? Are mm. you gonna Are you gonna follow me? Because you know that's what leadership is all about. It's actually getting people to follow you. Yeah, that is, it, it absolutely is. And you know, I think we ought to position marketing uh, in in a different way than thinking about. Oh, you know, I need I need to master social media. I need to be on Instagram. I need to be on LinkedIn. I need to be on Pinterest, Twitter, Facebook. Because all that stuff just drives you insane, doesn't it? Mm. And you know, um, I meet coaches who think that they've built a website and that's, that's marketing, you know. Th- those things are just tools. All that stuff's just tools. Shall I tell you what marketing is? And I, I didn't I didn't come up with this. I wish I'd said this. But you know what? It's in Seth's book. Good old Seth, we're back to him again. Godin defined marketing. He said, marketing is the generous act of helping someone solve a problem, their problem. Hmm. And there's two sentences there, one paragraph, which to me sums up everything that we're trying to do and should be trying to do. Marketing is the generous act of helping someone solve a problem, their problem. And if you frame it in that sense, it doesn't seem that hard, does it? Because all, all you have to do is ask yourself, well, who's my someone and what problem am I solving for them? And that's everything. I don't care. It's not just coaches and therapists. This is every product, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's every product. Every product. Every product or service is solving some uh, problem or other. Uh, it is. It's making someone's life better. It's moving them from where they are today to where they want to get to. I'm just looking around my desk, you know, my my specs. I bought these because they helped me solve the problem that I couldn't read without them. <laughs> this glass of water, this has helped me solve the problem of feeling thirsty and not being hydrated. You know, crikey, guys. It's so simple, isn't it? It's so simple. And the genius of people like Seth and, you know, all those of us who, aspire to you know in some way make our dent in the universe is in working out who our someone is and helping them solve a problem you know defining what the problem is it's yeah. that simple guys and coaches therapists you know if you take nothing else from this podcast it has to be work out who someone is and work out what their problem is and help them to solve it and mm. they will love you forever and your tribe will fall into place then yeah exactly uh, precisely. Um, 
uh, sadly, uh, we could talk for hours, I'm, I'm sure, about this um, topic, um, but we're getting to the point where we need to wrap things up a bit. Uh, right. As I said, at, uh, I prompted before we started recording is that we need some tips and some wisdom from you, Johnny. So what would be the th- those three things that you could leave us with today that, right. would, that we can put into place or, or use when it comes to marketing ourselves or our business or whatever? Well, it's your it's your gig, man. It really, really is. Um, but you you have completely fed me, um, <laughs> fed me uh, a stage here to to, to to just to roll out my three pillars because you know you asked me for three things, so here they are. My my three pillars of client attraction are number one, defining what what it is you do. I, I, this isn't uh, just for my tribe. You know, this is not just for coaches. And therapists, but you know what? Whatever you're doing in business, work out what it is you actually do, and it, it might not be what you think it does, what you think it is to start with. You know, if you're selling widgets, what you actually do is you solve the problem that people are buying the widgets for. Very simple example. I know we've got to wrap up quickly, but um, 300 million drill bits are sold every year around the world, but nobody wants a drill bit. You could argue they want a hole, but I would say, no, they don't. They want the thing they're going to attach to whatever the hole is is helping them attach. And then you could take it a stage further. You could say, well, you know, they might want a bookcase, but what they actually want is they want the feeling of, of joy and satisfaction that comes from fixing a bookcase to the wall and having somewhere to put their books so they're not strewn all over the house, you know. So what do people really, really want? What is it that you do? So d- define that. Then, secondly, as, we, as we've mentioned, um, you know, at length in the, in this podcast already, um, work out who it's for. You know, the second pillar. The first pillar is what. The second pillar has to be who. Who's your tribe? Um, and you know, I, I guess more for coaches and therapists, but also for you know, speakers and authors and that kind of thing. How do you deliver what it is you do to to who you do it for and with? Um, and and that means. You know, moving away, if you're a service professional, from selling your time by the hour, moving away from done-for-you services, you know, where you're working one-on-one and just ebbing away your precious life, you know, at an hourly rate, and, and productizing your services. You know, people buy products rather than ideas. And I'm sure this will apply to a whole bunch of the experts in your audience, Mark. You know, productize your services, create a program. You know, deliver your 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 wisdom and your genius to more than one person at a time. Corral your tribe, you know, into groups, and 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 deliver stuff on mass, you know, one to many. And that those three things, defining what you do, who it's for, and how you deliver it, uh, will you know, are what set my business uh, on, on on its path to success, and and will do the same for yours if you implement them correctly so they're my, they're my three tips how's that Brilliant. fantastic fantastic what a, what a way to sum it up and obviously uh, you know the, the three pillars thing absolutely summed up what we've been talking about so that's brilliant Super. so thank, I just want to thank you for your time today Johnny um, like I said earlier we could talk about this for hours but um, I think we've um, we've summed it up and hopefully we've inspired the listeners to maybe think about who their tribe is and how they yeah. can inspire them to do better things And hope so my pleasure Thank you, Johnny. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please take a moment to leave a review. Don't forget to check out The Reluctant Leader Project at www.thereluctantleader.co.uk. 
Make a note to start, stop or continue doing whatever struck a chord in this episode. And until next time, be the best you can be. Be the best you can be.